Frenzies, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here today. In my world, it is Saturday morning. I slept in. I just had my first cup of coffee and I'm ready to dish with you. Today, I want to talk all about my most recent international trip to Egypt with a company called Book Bag Tours. It is a company that focuses on international trips for teachers. It was life-changing. It was eye-opening. I have a lot to share. So if you've ever thought about going to Egypt before, if it's on your bucket list, you might want to stick around. Or maybe if you haven't, you might want to stick around and uh, hear about some of my experiences because it was it was not it was nothing that I thought it would be. And I can't wait to share it all with you. Here we go. Are you feeling a little burnt out and exhausted this school year? Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher podcast is here to get you through the hard weeks. We will be tackling tough topics while addressing self-care tips and tricks to help you live your best life. I'm your host, Jessica Martin, a coffee-drinking teacher and tech coach working on my own health journey as I pursue happiness in my teacher life. I am so happy you're here with me today, and I can't wait to share all the things with you. Let's get on with the show. Hello, frenzies. I'm so happy to have you back here with me today. In my world, like I said, it is Saturday morning. Just had my first cup of coffee and I'm amped. I told my husband he was playing video games when I woke up. I was like, I'm going to go do some podcast episodes in the back bedroom. And yeah, just tell my frenzies everything that's been going on. I recorded a couple episodes last week and I had to go refresh myself. What was I talking about? Oh, okay. <laughs> Where am I on my list? Okay, cool. So in today's episode, I wanted to talk about my trip to Egypt with Bookbag Tours. So a little bit of background on Bookbag Tours. I had gone to a conference, I think in like 2016 or 2017, and one of the presenters, uh, Kayla Delzer, but I think her name is Kayla Dornfeld now, she was a leader. She was a trip leader for book bag tours. And she just kind of gave them a shout out during the conference. And I thought, oh, that sounds kind of cool. And, you know, it was something that was on my heart a bit being in my mid thirties. I had never left the country. I didn't have a passport. I really didn't know where to start. I was in kind of a weird situation where my husband his with his job and his work, he really can't just leave and go do whatever. So sometimes I will just go on trips without him. <laughs> Sounds kind of bad, but you know, teachers have the summer off. And I was like, oh, I really like I can see why so many teachers marry other teachers, right? <laughs> because I have my whole summer free to go traveling, but my husband has to work. So it's always kind of been on my heart that I wanted to leave the country someday but I didn't really know how. And that was sort of embarrassing because I just met so many people who did international traveling in their 20s, or maybe they did it with their families when they were younger. And that was not my case, right? I grew up really poor and I probably made a lot of poor decisions in my 20s. And I feel like I didn't really become a responsible adult until I hit 30. <laughs> it's a little embarrassing telling you that, but that was kind of my perspective. So in my mid thirties, I'm like, okay, you know, like I'm married now. I got a house and I'm stable in my career. And it just felt like maybe the next thing besides, of course, looking at building a family 
would be, will I ever leave this place? Is this it? <laughs> Am I ever going to go anywhere else? <laughs> so anyways, I started talking to people about it, about their international travels and how they started. And it was just kind of on the back of my mind. So when it came up during this conference, this book bag tourist place, I was like, uh, that sounds kind of cool. So it, they basically organized uh, trips for teachers. You go to a different country. You are led by tour guides. You experience a lot of the things the country has to offer, but you're doing it with other teachers and you're getting to meet other educators in that country. You're getting to sometimes go to different schools and it's just a different perspective. Um, and I thought, well, I mean, my whole world, it's, and I know there's a big push on social media right now, like your identity shouldn't be being a teacher and just a lot of people leaving education. A lot of people don't want to be teachers anymore as it takes up so much time. And it is kind of all consuming. It does become a part of your identity because it takes up so much of your time, right? For me though, I was like, I'd rather go travel with people that understand my situation than have to constantly explain my situation or hear cringy comments about teaching and the world of education from people who are in it. Like if I just went on a random tour group or maybe I went with some old friends from high school or college years, right? Like I was thinking, I don't know, like, I think it would be better to go with a group of teachers that understand my pain points. And I love meeting other teachers. I'm comfortable going to conferences. I think teachers are just the coolest. I think with everyone leaving the profession right now, it's something that people people don't want to talk about the positives of being a teacher. But one positive I've found is that teachers are really cool people. They come from all walks of life. They start at all different ages. They have different backgrounds and experience levels. And it, it just really brings an interesting hodgepodge of people together, this world of education. And, and I, I know that there's millions of negatives, but I, I like that as a positive. I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. And people that are, that for the most part, teachers are excited about learning new things, which may, means it's really fun going with them on vacations because they are into learning whatever. So anyway, I went in 2018, I went to London and then I did a side trip to Paris and I really liked it, even though I was kind of sick on that trip. I mean, it was international traveling sort of beats me up a little bit. <laughs> I don't know why I keep going, but no, it was the time of my life going, even though I was sick, um, I had gout and I didn't know I had gout. So I was getting like, my foot was hurting everywhere I was going and I got a really bad cold on the plane and this, this was all pre COVID. So, but I still had the time of my life and I was like, wow, if I just had one of the best times of my life like while I was really, really sick and barely able to walk, this is probably something I should keep doing every year, right? I was like, I should keep going on these trips. So I loved my London experience. I actually stayed with a host family, like a foreign exchange student. I lived with these two principals for 
like three days. I just lived with them and their kids. And they had this beautiful big house. And all the people on my trip lived with different kinds of people. So it was really great. Like this one, this one traveler, she stayed with someone that was like in a tiny little loft with like three other people. So that was an experience. They really bonded. And I, I kind of hit the jackpot with mine. I got these two principals and they had this amazing fancy house, probably like a million dollar house in London. It was so cool. And yeah, I mean, it was a really fun experience. I got to go to a bunch of schools. Like I would go to work with them every day. So it was a lot of fun. And I've already done episodes on my London trip, but I wanted to give you a little background on how I found this company, why I started traveling with them. The next summer, I was just, I was really eager to buy another trip. I couldn't wait to go to go somewhere again. And so I had really wanted to go to Australia and that trip sold out super quick. These trips sell out quick. That's all I can tell you. Like if you're interested in maybe getting one someday, you got to hop on it. And I will put links in the show notes and stuff and, and tell you how to go about that. But I signed up to go to New Zealand because I thought, oh, New Zealand's next door to Australia. And it was just, I went the summer of 2019 and I I uh, brought my pal Laura along. Well, I mean, Laura bought her own ticket. <laughs> I wasn't like, hey, Laura, I'm super rich. You should come with me. <laughs> no, she she also bought the trip. And yeah, it was New Zealand was so life changing as well. It was just we we did get to go visit a school, a couple schools, but the people were really cool. Like people who decide to go to New Zealand have amazing personalities, I found. <laughs> Like people that are into New Zealand and even the people of New Zealand are really cool people. And the food was amazing and the experiences were rich. It was a place like no other. I fell in love with New Zealand. And on that trip, I was just, I I was, again, my gout was flaring up and it was right before I found out I had gout. So again, I'm hobbling around on a cane. I'm super sick, but I was in my element. I love New Zealand and I really, I think I was just shining. And the company, they like to ask people to, they like to ask current customers to be future leaders, basically. Because they're like, well, if you believed in us enough to buy one of our trips, then we know that you're going to believe in the company enough to like be a good, a good representative of our company. Right. So I was already in love with these trips. I was always, always talking about them and convinced my buddy Laura to come with me. And so anyway, they asked me on that trip, like, Hey, would you like to lead trips in the future? Like, would you like to come back to New Zealand next summer and lead another trip? And I was like, heck yeah. Well, of course this is 2019. (laughs) We all know what happened in 2020. (laughs) So needless to say, it was a real bummer falling in love with international traveling. And then the pandemic happens. (laughs) I really had bonded with the people in my 2020 New Zealand Facebook group. I had gotten to know a lot of the travelers and I had gotten so excited to go back to New Zealand I was going to bring my husband along and yeah, but 2020, right? That's all you got to say. 2020, people know. (laughs) And then the next year we're supposed to go because of New Zealand's strict COVID rules, 2021 got canceled. And then I'm hopeful for 2022, 2022 got called off because 
we just didn't know their rules are so strict there and they have a lot of rules about you need to quarantine after international flights, especially from America. So you just can't really quarantine for a long time and then go on a on a trip, on a little 10-day trip or 12-day trip or 14-day trip, right? So all my New Zealand trips got canceled. Um, and I think that like the winter of 2021 is when they decided to call off the following summer's trip. And there was a little bit of buzz that I might be leading an Australia trip, which I was very interested in. Like, yes, just get me out of here, please. <laughs> I, I would love that. And that trip fell through. And so then it was probably like February or March. I think it was February, maybe. Um, the owner of the company, who I love, his name is Ken George, and he's actually kind of passing the company down to his son now, Logan. But Ken George contacted me and just asked if I could fill in on this Egypt trip. And I was like, what? Egypt? Like, I've always wanted to go to Egypt. I've tried to plan trips to Egypt before, and they've fallen through. So I was really excited about going to Egypt. But I'm also, like, at the same time, like, I'm getting asked to go to Egypt. And I'm like, yes, 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 sign me up. But then I'm also having a lot of hard times at school. Like, I'm struggling to get through the day. I'm in this state of depression. I need to get out of my school. But I'm trying to finish out the year. And it just kind of felt like, professionally, I'm hitting rock bottom. And nothing is working. And I'm just, like, counting the days till summer break. And when your mind gets into that, it's it's hard to prepare, right? Like on these other trips, I wasn't having such a bad school year. And I just, I spent a lot of time preparing for those trips, right? But the Egypt trip, I'm, you know, I'm consumed with anxiety and almost like a sense of grief over things not going well at my school. Um so it was hard. And what ended up happening is I, I did attend all the meetings, but I didn't really know the people going on the trip, right? Like these people had been bonding for something like two years, I think. And I, I didn't know. I mean, I went to all the meetings. I didn't know what to expect. I did know that the my co-trip leader, Sheila, used to live in Egypt. She used to be a teacher in Egypt. She married an Egyptian. She has family in Egypt. So I, I kind of knew like, this is her trip. Like she, <laughs> like I'm her helper in case something bad help happens, but she, this is her big trip. Like New Zealand would have been my trip, right? This is Sheila's trip. And she is amazing. The kindest, sweetest, most generous, warm hearted person you will ever meet in your life. <laughs> I highly recommend the Egypt trip just so you can meet Sheila. <laughs> so anyway, I, like I said, I was just so consumed with how bad things were going at work. It was hard for me to plan for the Egypt trip. Like it was unbelievable that I was even going, but I just didn't do a very good job planning like myself. Right. And so I get out of school the end of May and I had to move out of my classroom. And then literally two weeks later, I'm going to Egypt. I'm going to Africa for the first time. And I just, I, I, I left so many things to the last minute, like getting refills on my prescriptions and having to see my doctor, like for my yearly checkup and having to get blood work done. And I mean, I just left all these things until the last like 72 hours before the trip. And I didn't really plan 
my packing very well, my outfits very well. I just, I don't know. I was, um, I needed some time to decompress after the school year. So, and this is just, you know, my other trips. I, I, <laughs> I was like, totally planned out and I felt really good. But because of the circumstances of my school year, I felt a little frazzled going into this trip. But the good news is, is that book bag tours, they really take care of you. Like even if you're a trip leader, (laughs) they really take care of you on this trip. So going to Egypt and I brought my husband along as I was like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. We got to go together. You got to see this. And this is his first international trip. Like this is his first time leaving the country, which I think is pretty incredible. Like hopping from America to Egypt. (laughs) That's a pretty wild first time trip. So anyway, book bag tours, pairs not only do they have Sheila right who is like an Egypt expert they pair with a company called Egypt Unlimited Tours and there it was just such an amazing experience we pretty much had two tour guides one main tour guide um, Mr. Muhammad and he kept us very safe he's an Egyptologist and he traveled with us nearly every day of our trip and planned out every single little detail. Like they have every single day of the Egypt trip planned. And even like meeting you at the airport. I mean, they are just right there because it is a different world. It is a very different world. And I had been reading about what to expect. And if you go on Reddit and look up Egypt trips, it's like, just don't even, because they're very over-exaggerated. I mean, they talk about just like crazy danger and crimes and pickpockets. And they talk about all this horrible stuff and you kind of get scared, right? You're like, oh, this is kind of scary. I don't know. But the um, Egypt Unlimited Tours and Book Bag Tours working together, I, I've just, I've never felt safer. I've, I've never felt better. So it was really cool having that. Like as soon as we landed in Egypt, it was a very long flight. One, I was kind of surprised because here I am landing in Cairo. It's one of the biggest cities in the world. And it's kind of like felt like a rural airport. Like there were not that many people. It's not a lot of people. And it says a lot about kind of their their way of life and their economy. Like I, I expected to be like JFK in America, just so busy or LAX. And it was really, it was more like the Reno, Nevada airport. It was very laid back. And I, I was, you know, I, I was just so amped up, you know, going to this giant city, but it was just so relaxing. And the um, Dr. Muhammad owns the company. And then Mr. Muhammad is an Egyptologist who works for the company. So they were just right there. And we actually, our hotel was connected to the airport. So we get off the plane and somebody met us. They helped us through customs and it was like nothing. Like compared to the European countries I've been to, uh, customs was like, and even New Zealand, it was, you pay $25 and there was just like, it was very, very, very easy to get into the country. (laughs) And like I said, there weren't that many people at the airport for how big of a city Cairo is. And we literally just walked from the airport to our hotel. The hotel is connected to the airport. So if you're visiting Cairo for the first time or you're visiting Egypt for the first time, maybe to kind of get your, you know, your head on right after international traveling, you could consider staying. I think it's a Sheraton. So you could look up like Cairo airport Sheraton. 
I mean, this hotel is connected to the airport. You don't need to have any transportation. You just walk to the hotel. It was all inside. (laughs) Just like we went down this elevator and it just opens into the hotel. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. So just something to think about if you ever do your own Egypt trip. But I do highly recommend like you need to go with a company like Book Bag Tours or Egypt Unlimited Tours because it's a totally different culture and there's just different rules and laws. And you need to be traveling with people that know about these rules and laws so you don't get stuck anywhere or you don't face any dangerous situations. So let's dive into the trip a little bit, and I'll tell you some things I learned. All right, so Cairo is a giant metropolis. There are 22 million people in the metro area and 10 million people in the city alone. And I've never been to a city so big before. And instantly, I noticed this extreme disparity between things that appeared to be very opulent, very wealthy, palaces that looked like they were made out of gold, (laughs) very fancy government buildings. And then right next to those fancy buildings, there would be a building that was in shambles, crumbling, but people were still living inside of it. And it was just, it was really, it was really interesting. And I have to admit shocking. And I'm coming to you admitting that I know I'm a white lady with tons of privilege here. I'm a white American lady. And obviously, I don't want to say the wrong thing here while I'm describing it. But I don't know how else to is it was just it was very humbling and shocking to see extreme wealth and extreme poverty coexisting together in this city. It was indescribable, even though I'm trying to describe it to you right now. So while in Cairo, um, like I said, we like as soon as we left the hotel, like the first day, we were really excited. I was at the hotel for a couple days before we left. And we had this uh like a tour bus. And while we were there, um, like we'd be driving down the road and you would see a Mercedes and it would be right next to say somebody riding a donkey with three kids on the back of the donkey. And it's just it just how do you how do you even interpret that like your mind is just spinning you're like whoa and i do know obviously in america we we have there there's the whole range of people right but you just don't see them very often coexisting together in in such a tight space <laughs> because i mean there's 22 million people it just felt like there were people everywhere and then you're just seeing really really rich people and then you're seeing what appear to be really, really poor people. And you're like, wow, I've just never really seen that before. So anyway, a part of our trip is uh, we we visited one of the poorest schools in the city. And then we visited one of the richest schools in the city to just kind of see this disparity going on in this culture, in this place. And so we first went to a place called Garbage City. Garbage City is where all of the garbage in Cairo goes to be recycled. And there's, it's an actual city. People live on top of the garbage. There's like these garages. Um, imagine like um, a townhome and you got a garage on the bottom and the garage is filled with people's garbage. And then there's people living in like an apartment above the garbage. 
And it was just like that for miles and miles and miles. And and that's what the people of this city do is they sort and recycle the garbage. That is their livelihood. And it's, it's just something I've never seen before. I've never, I've never thought about it. I've never seen it before. And we went to a school built inside of it. It's a Christian school, a private school. And it's a school that specializes in teaching life skills to kids with disabilities, the local kids with disabilities. And they have a little store in the school where you can buy jewelry and crafts that the kids have made. And it's almost like, I'd almost say it's like the opposite of going to Ron Clark Academy, right? Like you go to Ron Clark Academy and you pay to go and you're seeing you're seeing a lot of vibrance and you're seeing uh, you're getting professional development, right? And this is a little bit different. Like you're going there, but you're also, they have the expectation that you're going to go shopping for the kids crafts and you're going to go and, and see and, and buy their handiwork. And they also ask for donations uh, of art supplies so the kids can keep on with their crafting. I mean, they paint, they bead, they weave, they knit, uh, but they also had different rooms where there were little classes going on. It was summertime, so the school wasn't, there wasn't that many people there, but it was like their summer program running. But yeah, it was really, really eye-opening and humbling. And I mean, it it was, it was a cool experience for everyone. Like, of course, teachers are just gravitated towards kids. So everybody wanted to find the kids and go and talk to them and see what they were doing. And so that's what that experience was like. But it was, it was, um, it was really, obviously, I'm trying not to say the wrong thing here. But it, in some ways, it was, it was gut wrenching. It was kind of sad, but in other ways, it was, it felt like a happy place. Like the kids seemed really happy. They had a beautiful playground. The teachers seemed like they were thriving, like they really found their purpose in life and it just made you reevaluate your own life, like what you're doing with your life and what you could be doing with it. Because the teachers at this school are making a really huge impact in this community, but it is a, it is, um, a rough place to live, that is for sure. So we go from Garbage City, we spend half a day there, to the other side of town. We go to, we leave Garbage City, which is a whole, it's a huge long commute. It probably took us over an hour just to get inside of it, right? So anyway, we leave and we go back to, you know, closer, closer to where we had driven from the airport and we go to the American International School of Egypt. And this is one of the wealthiest schools. And I've, I've never seen a school so beautiful. They've have murals and beautiful building, beautiful furniture, landscaping. I mean, it felt like going to school almost in a palace. And it was just, it was like a shock to the system because we had just been in garbage city. And now we're in like one of the most beautiful schools in Cairo. It was the last day of school. All the kids had gone home. All the teachers were still there. So they had that, the teachers all had like this joy from it being the last day. And we sat in a room with all of the teachers and just asked them questions because they're, they're actively recruiting to get people to move there. And they, they really wanted to sell us kind of on their school a little bit. Um, and tell us, I mean, they were all so happy to be in Cairo. Tell us all of the benefits of living there. They were really, 
warm and friendly and kind of explaining what it's like teaching there. And it's a lot of um, the, it's a, it's also like, it's not a free school to go to kids pay a tuition. It's tens of thousands of dollars a year. I think they said it was like something like maybe 20,000 a year to go. And the teachers don't really get paid as much as I would say we do in the United States, but it's a, it's a much cheaper cost of living there. So rent is lower and they actually give you a rent stipend. So they pay your rent if you're a teacher. So then everything you're making is, you know, not going towards rent. And so that was kind of an interesting perk of being a teacher there. Um, but yeah, it was just so, it was just a really, it was a roller coaster of emotions that day because you're just going to, this one school where you're like, wow, I, I mean, I can't believe that people live here. <laughs> right. And I know that sounds so cringy, but I can't believe people are living, living on top of garbage. This is, this is just something I've never seen before. And then you're going to this beautiful, like palace of a school and it's a shock to the system, but that is Egypt. Egypt is a shock to your system. And I'm just, like I said, I'm so grateful I had an opportunity to go. And I'm so lucky that I got to go with book bag tours because like I said, they, they purposely plan this, they plan it to change your life. And it definitely does. So in addition to Garbage City and the American International School, you also get an opportunity to go visit a school that was built for displaced Sudanese children. So they are Sudanese refugees and they're in Cairo and it's a really cool school to go visit as well. Very different experience than the other two. Now, unfortunately, the day that we were supposed to go visit them, I was, I felt very sick. I was very, very sick. I could barely get out of bed. And so I missed, that was one of the excursions that I missed on the trip due to, I guess they call it mummy tummy. <laughs> due to mummy tummy. I miss seeing the Sudanese children. I would have liked to go and visit it, but I was just, I was really, really sick. And I was upset that I missed out on that. Uh, Book Bag Tours has personally kind of like sponsored this school and they provide a lot of the school's resources. They donate money and supplies every year and they've really helped grow the school when the company first opened uh, the school has grown a lot and a lot of it is just kind of spreading awareness about the existence of this school. But a lot of it is that book bag tours is a charitable kind of organization. They are for profit, but they do donate money to different organizations. And that is one of them. That is one of their, that is one of their, um, I don't, I mean, I don't want to call it a charity, but they, they donate a lot of school supplies. And when you take these trips, they ask you to bring school supplies with you that you can get in America and you can't get anywhere else. One example is like Crayola crayons. You can't, it's really hard to find Crayola crayons outside of America. They're either really expensive or you just can't find them. So every country I've been to so far, they have asked me to bring Crayola crayons with me. And it's just, like I said, this whole thing is just, you don't realize what you have until you see that other people actually want things that you take for granted, right? So a lot like like you just don't realize like I I've never had an like this deep appreciation for Crayola crayons before. Obviously I like crayons, 
like coloring. I've owned a whole bunch, but I just never thought, oh, this is a luxury item, right? But to other people that don't have access to them, it's kind of a cool thing. And the fact that you get to travel around and like, you know, distribute your crayons <laughs> and stuff and or other art supplies or whatever it may be that we just we we take so much for granted. So much like we have a high level of accessibility to supplies in America. And it's just something that you don't even think of until you leave and you're like, oh well, where's this and where's that? Oh, what is that? What are you even talking about? <laughs> or of course you can't get that here, you know? And so that's something that I have learned is just to have a little bit deeper appreciation. I know other people that went on the trip that that was a lot of things that they expressed later on on social media was like, wow, I just realized that I, even if, even if I have my own hardships here, I can recognize that, you know, my hardships are a bit different and I do have a lot of privilege in what I can get, you know, get into my life and what I can get access to. It's, it's kind of, um, it's interesting. And I'm not saying that you couldn't find Crayola crayons in a city of 22 million people. One of my, well, the travel, my travel buddy, Sheila said that in Cairo, you can get anything. You can literally get anything, even things that aren't popular. There's, it's such a big city, but it's going to take you a while to find it. Right. So you, you need a jar of peanut butter. Sure. But you're going to have to go through some different connections to find your peanut butter. Right. That's not, that's kind of more of an American food. You can find anything you're looking for in Cairo, but it's going to be a process. And with just in America, a lot of things are convenient to us. And I think that's what we take for granted is the convenience of our lives here. And I felt that after visiting London, after visiting Paris, New Zealand, I just thought, wow, everything is just so much easier. <laughs> and I really, it's like when I'm having a really bad day, I do reflect on those thoughts a little bit, which I think is why it is so beneficial to visit other places and to discover companies like book bag tours that take teachers on trips around the world. Like, and what's interesting is I think teachers are deep thinkers and we love to learn. And it's cool experiencing these thoughts and having these sort of humbling moments and then getting to bounce those thoughts off of other teachers who are also experiencing them. And that's not to say that other people like other careers or people that you might travel with your family members might not be feeling the same thing. But for me, teachers are empaths and they have a high amount of, you know, sympathy, empathy, respect, uh, that love of learning and really wanting to understand people and where they come from. Like they have this really high level of these things that some, some people, other people that I've, I've met and traveled with, they just don't have. And that's why it's so cool going on trips like this because you get to, you know, you're absorbing these cultures and you're so sensitive to people around you because we're sensitive to the people in our classrooms, right? We're sensitive to the way kids are feeling and what they're, you know, what's around them and, and what's, what's causing them to do X, Y, Z, right? We're always analyzing the people, the little people in our room, and it just, it makes us natural empaths. And then to go to, you know, a country 
or this city of 22 million people and it kind of experience those things, it, it brings up a lot of emotions, at least to do it in a very safe environment with other teachers, like not only like physically safe, if you go with a company like book bag tours, but emotionally safe. Like, you know, on these trips, a lot of people break down crying because it's just so overwhelming learning that you you know nothing, right? It's overwhelming learning the things you never knew or never considered. A lot of people cry. A lot of people have hard times. And it's like the people around you are going to understand because they're teachers. They have giant hearts. They're going to support you. And for me personally, I've been sick on so many of the trips. I, you know, I had the mummy tummy and then I had two bouts of gout <laughs> and I've had colds and I've just been, you know, like, like I said, I've, I've been sick on the trips and I've just always been just surrounded by love and warmth and kindness and compassion. And I don't know if you get that on other on other trips with different tour groups. I just don't like, I think if you're, if you just have like kind of an iron, iron will personality and you never get sick and you, you don't, you know, maybe you're just not very filled with empathy or you don't, you know, cry easily, then maybe another tour group is right for you. But like what I found on book bag tours is that you're just kind of enveloped with love. Like your tour guides love you you know, the, the other teachers on the trip love you because they know that you know what they know. You've been through what they've been through, and now you're going through something together. It's a very interesting, spectacular journey that you go on with these people. And I just cannot recommend it enough. And of course, you know, I have a lot more to say about Egypt. Maybe I need to make another episode in the future. But, you know, we got to do all of the touristy things. We went on a cruise on the Nile River. I got to see the pyramids and the Sphinx and everything. But it was more just like really understanding this other place in the world that's so different than where I've been. But like also just like not just understanding, but like accepting this other place into my heart that's so different that maybe five or 10 years ago, you would have told me about this place. And I'd just be like, oh no, I don't want to go there. Or I can't, no, that doesn't sound like I could never live there. I mean, you, you open yourself up to it, actually experiencing it and, 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 you're entertaining these thoughts all of a sudden. Like, what if I did work at this school in Garbage City? What if I did live and work in Cairo? What would my life be like? I mean, you just, it opens up a different piece of your heart and your mind. And it's just, it's nothing like what I thought it would be. I thought I'd want to come home and just talk about the pyramids and camels and the Sphinx. But instead, I'm just like, I'm still... I'm still growing from that experience. So let's wrap up this great Egypt episode. Obviously, there's so much I learned about ancient Egypt and Egyptology and the temples and so many things blew my mind and I could do a whole nother episode on them. But I wanted you to hear about what, what impacted my heart and what changed me from the trip. Because each one of these book bag tour trips, something deeply impacts me. And I just, I think about it all the time. I think every single week things come up from my London trip or my two days in Paris or 
my New Zealand trip or my Egypt trip. And these things have just greatly enriched my life. So I highly encourage you to think about taking an international trip if you've never done it. If you're interested in learning more about book bag tours, you can always send me a message on Instagram. We do get a little bonus if we recruit people, but it's it's, it's not like going to be enough to quit my job. <laughs> it would be cool if you were like, hey, I heard about this from the whimsical teacher and I get a little bonus. Full full disclosure, I probably convince about two people a year to go on a trip. <laughs> but I would love it if you were interested in learning more. What most people do is they make payments for a year or two and they you know they just you, it's almost like a little bank account you're like building up enough money enough credits to buy one of the trips they average about two thousand dollars without airfare gotta remember that but i mean it is like a two-week trip and your hotel and your activities and having a bunch of friends to hang out with that's all included usually breakfast is included every day too so you do save quite a bit of money on food uh, I have I have looked at the price of book bag tours and other similar trip packages or just going on my own. And I know that seasoned travelers who are bargain hunters, I know they find a bit better deals, right? But when I ran the numbers past one of my besties who is a world traveler, she's like, this checks out. I mean, some of these cities are really expensive to stay in. And, you know, you add up all the meals. This is about what it will cost. And you're getting a tour guide pretty much 24 seven and you get help. It's like when you have two tour guides on the trip with you, you're constantly getting help on that Egypt trip. You have four tour guides. <laughs> so there's a lot of support is what I'm trying to say. You get a lot of support built in that you normally don't get when you're just out in the world by yourself. So if you're interested, you can always send me an email, uh, the whimsical teacher at gmail.com, or you can message me on Instagram, the underscore whimsical underscore teacher. That is my handle on Instagram. Uh, I'm always open to talking to people. And if you have any questions about the trip, I've answered billions of questions about these trips. And sometimes people decide, nope, not really for me. But if you're, you know, if you're a single traveler, for some reason you can't travel with family or friends, or you just like meeting teachers from all over the world, it's a great opportunity. I highly recommend it. All right, frenzies. Thanks for listening to me. And until next time, take good care of yourself. You've just finished listening to Healthy Teacher Happy Je- Happy Jessica. What? <laughs> oh no, I don't know how to stop. <laughs>